or I'm going the wrong way, and the arrows should walk backwards. <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, that challenge to be uh, encouraged and, what was it, encouraged and challenged, I think that's so important. We, right now, it's such a heavy time, and we, we really, as a church, need to love each other and lift each other up. And there's also a lot of challenges that we, we do need to challenge each other in love. So thank you so much, John, for that and for, for praying. All right, everyone on Zoom land, you can hear me. We're all good. Awesome. How is everyone doing? You guys doing okay? Yeah? No? Maybe? Yes, nods. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's been, like I was saying last, last week, it's crazy that the summer's already over and we're back into the school year. Uh, crazy times, a lot of transitions. So if you were here last week, um, I'm just going to do a quick summary of what we talked about last week because I know there might be some people who weren't here. So, so last week we looked at Ephesians 1. I was planning on doing Ephesians 2 today, but there's just so much packed in here. I, I'm still on Ephesians 1. So, so we looked at the first half, and what Paul talks about here is how we are chosen in Christ, and we're chosen to, to be a blessing to the world around us. Um, oftentimes in evangelical circles, when we think about being chosen, we, we just picture God picking and choosing who goes to heaven and who goes to hell after you die, um, but what Paul's talking about here is much deeper. It's much more rooted in the Old Testament of, uh, of Abraham was God's chosen family, and then Israel was, was his chosen people, and then now in Christ we are a part of his chosen people to bless the world around us. So uh, if you remember last week, I had this, uh, this example of, imagine if the prime minister called you and said, I want you to be my assistant. Um, I know you have no job experience, you're totally unqualified, um, but I really like you, I really care about you, and I think you'll do a great job. So he, he calls you, and he says, I'll pay for your trip over here, you can live here in Ottawa, all you have to do is say yes and just trust me. And so if you say yes, uh, you go and you start, uh, you go to Ottawa, you live there, but once you're there, you actually have to start doing the job. So, so Christ calls us to a job. Um, we're not just saved so that we can just feel good about ourselves or, or that kind of thing. But we have, as Christians, we have a job description. So I'm going to continue using this, this uh, example as we go in, in the lesson today because it's kind of helped me clarify things in my own mind. So. so let's read Ephesians 1, verse 15 to 23. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Notice, that, notice here that Paul is praying for them uh, after he's saying, you're doing really well in the church. Your church is actually doing really well. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to keep praying for you. Um, oftentimes we, we kind of resort to prayer as a last resort if things start to fall apart. But, but if we're doing well as a church, if we're doing well personally, let's continue to pray. So he continues on and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart uh, or the eyes of your mind, in some, in some translations, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It's a lot in there. So remember, remember before this passage, Paul has gone into a great deal about how we are chosen by God and we are chosen and we're blessed in the spiritual realms with every blessing in Christ. That sounds like a lot, like we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. So why, if we're already blessed with all these things, why would Paul continue to pray that their eyes would be enlightened? So what does he mean by this? So how I've come to understand is that uh, when we become a Christian, we all receive the Holy Spirit. We all receive the same Holy Spirit. So... Uh, you don't have a different Holy Spirit than I have. You don't have more of the Holy Spirit than I have. We all have the Spirit living in us. Uh, So because we have the Spirit in us, we all have access to the blessings, all of the blessings in Christ. Um, But then as we see, it it seems like sometimes some people may have more blessings than others. Doesn't it seem like sometimes there's some people who are very gifted in prophecy or some people are very... Uh, gifted in healing. Some people have more fruit of the Spirit. They're, they're, they seem to be more ni- like, nice and patient. Um, so, so why does it seem like some people have more of the spiritual blessings in Christ? I think the reason that this is, is that after we receive the Holy Spirit, we have to renew our minds according to the truths of God's Word. So this is what it means to open your eyes being enlightened. We have to renew our minds Uh, so that the truth in our minds aligns with the truth in the Spirit. So, when you learn, when you read the Scriptures, and when you learn truths in the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit who's inside of you already knows all of those things. Uh, But as you're learning, uh, your mind starts to align with the Holy Spirit's mind. So, so for example, when, when God says that as Christians we can pray for people and they will be healed, uh, our natural minds don't think this is true, but as we read God's word, uh, the Holy Spirit already knows this is true. So as we renew our minds, uh, our eyes start to align with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. And so, and also when, when God's word says uh, we have authority to cast out demons, um, the Holy Spirit already knows this, but our minds have to learn and they have to come into agreement with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. It's like the Spirit is looking up and he has direct access to all the blessings and all the truth. And our minds are typically veering off this way. But as we renew our minds and as we learn the scriptures, our eyes start to look and align with the Holy Spirit's. Does that make sense? That's, that's kind of how I've come to understand this process of renewing your mind. And so, to go back to my prime minister example, say that the prime minister... Uh, comes to you and he says, I want you to start building some schools in our neighborhoods. Uh, he says, I've, uh, you have all the authority, the power, and the money to build schools. So if he, he gives you this job description, 
what are the steps that you actually have to do to build the schools? So firstly, you have to, you have to believe what the prime minister said. You have to say, okay, he actually wants me to build schools and he actually has given me power to do it. So that's called faith. You're trusting what he says. The next thing you have to do is you have to obey. You have to decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm actually going to go and I'm going to build these schools. So if you have faith, you have obedience, there's still one more step that you have to take in order to start the process. And if you, if you have faith and you obey, you'll probably say, I actually have no idea how to build a school. I don't know where to get the money from. I don't know what materials to use. I don't know what to make it look like. And so as you learn these things, these are the pro this is the process of renewing your mind, of learning God's truths. So for the prime minister's example, you'll have to, you'll have to ask him, what kind of schools do you want me to build? Uh, maybe you'll have to look at his blueprints that he made. Maybe he wrote some things down and, and you have to read those and say, oh, this is the kind of school he wants to make. Uh, this is what he wants it to look like. So as you learn, you'll, you'll, um, you'll start to learn more and you'll start to renew your mind according to what he wants you to do. And so when you do this, you'll, you'll actually grow in your knowledge of the prime minister. You'll learn more about him. You'll say, I... I, I come to realize that he really likes this certain type of architecture. Um, you'll, you'll grow in the hope that schools are actually going to start being built. Because you'll be like, this is actually going to happen. We're going to build these schools together. Uh, you'll, begin, you'll start to understand why he wants to build schools as you talk to him. He'll say, I really want to bless the neighborhood, so, so that's why I want to build schools. And, and you, as you start to do this process, you'll learn that you actually do have the power, the money, the authority to build the schools. So these are exactly the things that Paul says that as the eyes of our hearts are enlightened, these are the things that we'll come to know. We'll come to know Christ more. We'll come to have more hope. Um, we'll come to understand the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, which is really his plan for us and his love for us as the church. And we'll come to understand his, incompar his incomparably great power for us who believe. So I want to ask you, are there schools that Christ is calling us to build that we're not building? I, I actually want to hear your answers. Are there things that you can think of that God has called us to as a church and as individuals that we're not doing? Anyone have any thoughts? Any Zoomers? What are the schools God has called the church to that, that we need to do more of? Anyone? No? Nothing? All right, we're doing pretty good then. <laughs> So there's always ways we can grow. There's always things that God challenges us to that we, we can learn to do more of. Um, yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So for those on Zoom, John was saying uh, there's, there's so many ways we can reach out to our community, whether that's through food initiatives or through uh, mental health initiatives. Uh, what are the ways God's calling us to reach out to the community around us? And that's a great question. Does anyone have, have things that, uh, ways you think that we, we could reach out to the community around us? I don't want to just be preaching at you guys. I want to hear your thoughts. What are your ideas? <laughs> Offering our facilities during the week? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have resources. We can, people can use our building. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's projects in Kitchener. So I'm just repeating everything for everyone on Zoom. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of land uh, around us as Trinity, and there's there's a lot of uh, initiatives right now where where the government's trying to build, and private companies are trying to build spaces for the homeless, small little tiny houses, or or um, little shelters. So uh, maybe we could offer our land and that kind of thing. There's, there's lots of these kind of things where, uh, where uh, we can be active in our community and, um, and uh, yeah, we can use the things we have to bless those around us. Yep. Derek, okay. Go ahead. Uh, we could hold a food drive. You're muted, Derek. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Jake, can you hear me? You're still muted, I think. Okay. Oh, he's not. I, nope. He's not muted on Zoomland, Justin. <laughs> can you hear me now? No, I still can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> I'm sure your idea was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can send it in the chat box and we can, we can, Andy can share it too. But yeah, these are, these are great things. Um, some of the things that I've been challenged recently, uh, what are the things, the schools that Christ is telling us in scripture? What are the things we should be doing? Uh, making disciples is a huge one. Um, this is one that I, personally, I would love to uh, see more people come to Christ, more people come to know Christ. Um, growing in spiritual gifts. Paul talks about these spiritual blessings. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Yeah. Invite them to Alpha. Yes, perfect. Yeah, for sure. Um, growing in spiritual gifts. Uh, the New Testament is full of examples of God working miraculously through his people, through prophecy and through healing and, and uh, a lot of these, these things that are a testament to God's power. And if uh, these are things we can grow in. So I would love to see more of that in the church. That's a, that's a school that I would love to see built. Feeding the poor is, a, is another one. Food initiatives, those kind of things. That connects with what Derek was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, a, okay. Uh, community food drive. Community Thanks, food Derek. drives, yeah. 
So these are, all, these are all these spiritual buildings, these spiritual schools that God wants us to build. And as we draw close to him, we really have to pay attention to what is he calling us to individually? What is he calling us to as Trinity? And then, yeah, we have to be obedient and, and step out. So I recognize that sometimes, uh, there's, sometimes there's things that get in the way of our eyes being enlightened. Sometimes there's, there's barriers. And so if you want to turn with me to Matthew 6, verse 19 to 24, I'm just going to read this here. So Jesus says here, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice your heart. He's talking about your heart. The eye of the lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy or single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Interesting. What is Jesus talking about the, our hearts? He's talking about our, the eyes, um, our eyes being full of light. This is very similar to Ephesians here. Um, very similar uh, language around our eyes, light, our heart, where our hearts are directed. So I think it's very important that we, we really pay attention to this. So what is, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about money. And, and actually the Greek word is mammon, which can mean possessions, or uh, the Jake Bercy translation is stuff. We, uh, we, um, we can't serve both God and stuff. So, so Paul shows us that when our when our eyes are properly enlightened, uh, we will focus heavily on spiritual things like hope. Um, we'll, we'll focus on our calling as Christians and God's love for us. And we'll, we'll be focused on the power that we have through Christ. These are all, these are all kind of spiritual realities that, that manifest in our present reality. And then Jesus shows us that when our eyes are not uh, properly enlightened, when, when we're facing, our eyes are looking this way rather than this way, He's showing that our eyes will be have, likely have a heavily will be heavily focused on stuff, and so when when our eyes are really heavily focused on on the stuff that's over here rather than on Christ, uh, this actually really distorts the way we see the world. So it really distorts. Uh, it, it really makes us begin to trust in money for our hope, uh, for our purpose, and for our power. And remember, those are the things that we're supposed to trust in Christ for, our hope and our purpose and our power. So it's really, it is, this is a very significant thing. And, so, and it's also a very significant challenge for us in our culture, isn't it? We're, we're a pretty affluent culture. And just think about how we talk about things. Um, sometimes we, we really hope that we can save up enough money to buy a house. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I hope to save up enough money to buy a house someday. Um, sorry, millennials, if you're 
trying to buy a house in KW, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Very expensive market. But, but sometimes we can overly have, that's the driving force of our life, is that we really put our hope in these things, which are important, but they're not the ultimate purpose. Or we say things like, oh, if we just had more money, then we could really bless those around us. God doesn't need our money to bless people. This is something that we've, we've, we can bless people through money, but that's, that's not the, the main source of, of hope and power and, and blessing when we, that we see in the scriptures. Jesus and his disciples had nothing. He sent them out and said, don't even take money with you. Just go and preach the gospel, and I will show up with you. So, so I think we've had this maybe a little bit too much of an emphasis in our culture on, on money as the blessing, on stuff as the blessing. And I'm not saying money is evil. I'm not saying it's bad. Again, I, uh, I know this can be a kind of a touchy subject because uh, we're all sensitive to this. But, but we all know it's so easy to get attached to stuff, don't we? It's, just, it's very easy for that to, to pull on our hearts. So let's be very careful that our spiritual eyes are directed up on Jesus and they're not directed over on all the things that are happening, uh, our stuff, our materials, our, our money. A good way, I was thinking about this, and I think a good way to understand where your spiritual eyes are looking is to ask this very simple question. What occupies your thoughts, your wallet, and your time? What occupies your thoughts, your wallet, and your time? What do you spend all your time thinking about? What do you spend all your money on? What do you spend your time doing? These are, these are pretty much the three big uh, ways we can tell where our hearts are looking, where the eyes of our hearts are looking. Maybe a, maybe a better way to do it is to ask your spouse, <laughs> where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my money? Where am I spending my energy? So in Luke 8, Jesus, Jesus says another thing about, about wealth and money that I think it's important to read here. Uh, if you remember, Jesus shares this passable about, or this, sorry, this parable about the sower. And so there's a, there's a farmer who goes and sows seeds, and some of it lands among the paths, some of it lands on the thorns, some of it lands on good soil. And if and you read in Luke's version, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear the word of God, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. I read this about a week ago, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was, this is heavy. This is, this is our cultural struggle. I think this is our cultural struggle. Culturally and historically, we are a Christian nation. Uh, Canada and the States is, is heavily influenced by Christianity. But I really think we, we are such a wealthy nation that sometimes we can be choked. The word of God can be choked within us uh, because we are so focused on riches and pleasures and those kind of things. So I'm not trying to be a downer today. <laughs> like John was saying, we want to be encouraged as a church. Uh, I'm not trying to be judgmental to our culture because I really do love the church and I, I do love people around us. But, but sometimes when we look at the church in the West and then we look at churches in other countries, there's a really big difference. I, I was just uh, looking... Um, one of my friends is a professor, and he was sharing about how when he was talking to a bunch of his American students and his Western students, as they were reading the, the Gospels, they kept saying, 
why is there all this talk about demon possession when, when it's pretty obvious nowadays that that's just mental illness? Like there's just all of the things that are happening in scriptures are just mental illnesses and, and those kind of things. And then right after that, he jumped on a, a Zoom call with a bunch of his students from Asia, and all of them said, how come more pastors in the, st- in the States don't talk about spiritual stuff? How come they don't talk about demons when it's so obvious that it's happening around us? There's spiritual things happening around us. Isn't that a crazy, crazy story? There, the, our eyes in our culture are, are just not seeing things right. Sometimes we, our eyes are just very blurry. And I suspect it has to do with these things. I suspect it has to do with the fact that our eyes are trying to look this way and trying to look this way at the same time. We're, we're trying to serve two masters. Now, some people can look both ways at the same time, but my eyes, <laughs> my eyes can't do that. Um, so, so who is your master? Who is the one that has the hold of your thoughts, your wallet, and your time? If we want to start building schools, if we want to start seeing God's incomparably great power for us who believe, this is the power that's the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That's the power that's living in us. If we want to experience that power, uh, we have to do those things. We have to remember back to the beginning. We have to have faith in God's word. We must decide we're going to obey. And then we have to renew our minds by reading the scriptures. Uh, we have to continually do the, have faith and obey. It's, it's kind of a process. As we learn the truth, uh, we decide, I'm going to follow the truth of Scripture and align my eyes with the Holy Spirit. So we have to do that process as Christians. And then we have to be very careful that we don't become a servant of stuff. That's the, the one thing we have to be very careful of in our culture. So I hope that wasn't too heavy or too, too depressing, but, but I want us to be challenged so that we can, we can really live out God's truth and... Uh, really experience his power as a church. Does anyone have any questions about any of this or any thoughts you'd want to add? Anyone on Zoom? No? Brian? Brian? Yeah, um, I think right. one of the things that, that needs to happen too, right. um, and I agree with everything that you're saying, you're probably going to come across this in the Ephesians, Jesus. is that it's important that we keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. And this is something that can happen on a daily, even hourly times. And you look back into um, history, and you look back into even today, that there's lots of people who are just continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. They have encounters with God that have changed their lives and have given them a refocusing of their life because, you know, we can do all the mental stuff, which is important, but we're still relying upon God to fill us, to empower us, to anoint us, to just, um, you know, just that we, just that we were, we were in his presence and we're experiencing him. And this, this is something that can happen daily. And I, I don't know. I just, I just, I feel so strongly about it, probably because last night I was reading some more books on revival, so it always gets me thinking along that direction, that we really need God's presence, his power in our lives, and we can't move forward efficiently without it, without him. 
Sorry, I missed some of the first of that. Did, did you guys catch that? What, what was Alright, sorry Brian, I, I missed some of the beginning of that, but I... Well, I was just saying that we just need to be, uh, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit that talks about in Ephesians 5, and that was one of the things that Paul told, uh, told uh, the Ephesians as well. And we need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is something that we can experience. And I don't think that we can just say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, then walk away, and then, you know, I guess we're, I'm filled. This is an experience that we can have um, on a regular basis, and we need it so desperately. Yeah. So that's basically what I'm saying. For sure, yeah. Yep. This, is a, this is something we can be uh, continually experiencing. Uh, and we went through a lot of this with our Experience in God series. Um, the more we, we kind of, like I was saying, the more our spiritual eyes are enlightened, we will ex- begin to experience God daily in, a pa- in powerful ways. And so this really requires us to, to totally be all in with Christ, all, all focused on Christ. Yeah, anyone else have any thoughts or questions? Questions, answers? All right. Sorry? Oh, uh, yes, I'm just, let's just pray together as we close. Yeah. So I'm going to pray. Let's pray this verse over us at Trinity. So I, Father, we thank you so much for your power that is at work within us. We thank you for the hope that you've given us. Uh, We are overwhelmed that we're your children and you called us to be your children. We are overwhelmed that you would be willing to send your son to die for us so that we can uh, experience a deep relationship with you. Father, we thank you for the privilege of getting together and and being your people. And so I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, and your incomparably great power for us who believe. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you in our presence right now, Father, and we, we open our service up to you and, and ask that you would lead us and you would guide us. We are so powerless on our own, and we really cannot do anything by our own strength. This is, this is part of why it's so amazing to be included in your kingdom, that you are willing to work through us, Father. We pray for more of your spirit and more of your power, and we, we welcome you in our lives. Direct our eyes towards you uh, fully and let us just be all in in our relationship with you. It's, it talks about